the heat, Lord. Father God, we acknowledge you as God who spoke and this whole universe came into being. We thank you, Lord. There's nothing too hard for you. We thank you, Father, that you have provided this wonderful morning service for us. And, Lord, we ask that you will bless Cyril, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that he might give us the food that we need this morning that is only coming from you. Father, bless each individual that is on this line, Lord God. You know all about us, and you know every thought in our heads this morning. You hear the the prayers that are spoken verbally and those, Lord God, who are inaudible that we can't hear. But, Lord, you know what the prayers of each of your saints are. And they're on this line, Lord. You know each one of us. Bless us this morning. Bless our families. Bless all of those who you have placed in our circle, Lord. We plead the blood of Jesus over them. And we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for giving us this opportunity, Lord God, to just hear your word. Thank you, Lord, and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Um, Fred Lee, Miss Fred Lee, happy birthday to you. Uh, we are so happy for for uh, for the Lord adding one more year uh, in your life, and uh, we will sing happy birthday to you this week, Miss Fred Lee. You'll find some time. <laughs> um, this morning, I, I know we wrapped up uh, 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 like a six to eight weeks of like a marathon that we just ran with the gift of the Holy Spirit and how uh, God was just like speaking to us in so many ways. It wasn't just like um, you know, for the, the listener, but also uh, as, uh, as a speak, speaker or just the one meditating, God was just like pouring so much into it. And some of it, I feel rushed um, through this message. And so if you need this messages that we have put in together. Um, there are two ways that uh, we, we are going to have it. We already have it on our Proverbs 2 to 6 site. If anyone needs any of those messages or you want to listen to it, um, feel free to send a quick email to info, I-N-F-O, info at Proverbs2to6.org, and we'll be happy to send you the link. Um, we don't want to throw those messages uh, in public um, for everyone uh, at this point yet, um, because there's so many people that are constantly throwing dirt at us. And so this is a pearl uh, we, we cannot throw in front of pigs. And so we are keeping it in, a, in a, a beautiful private place where we can all come in and listen and not um, be taken uh, from us, right? So with that said, today I wanted to start something new and fresh. And uh, this is something that we go through almost every single day, every single moment in our life, which is that there is an endless battle, endless fight that we are engaged in. We are in a spiritual war all the time. We are constantly fighting the, the invisible. The enemy that we are fighting is, is, is spineless. And, and he doesn't have any shame to come back and attack us even after losing thousands and thousands of times. And his head is already crushed. And he has a place where there is no end 
to that bottomless pit that he's going to spend, and his days are numbered, but he is shameless and slimy, and he never fights the battle fair. And so that's why the next couple of weeks, we're just going to take some time and just like it go through, how do we battle this enemy who is faceless? I, I know we are going to a place where we will live in peace. When we get to heaven, we're going to have a peaceful place. In fact, Revelation chapter 21, verses 3 to 5 says, I've heard, this is John hearing a voice from the throne room saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. Revelation chapter 21, verses 3 to 5, it says, the dwelling place of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. He will live with them, right? They will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the former things have passed away. And the one seated on the throne said, Behold, I will make all things new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are faithful and true. So that day is coming. We are going to be in a place where the King of kings and the Lord of lords will wipe away every tear from our eyes. But while we are in this place, we still have battles to battle. And Paul writes it in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 20. The next couple of weeks, we are going to go through this spiritual battle and how we are going to be fighting this battle, which is not normal. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 20. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 20. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in, his, in, his, uh, in the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In another version it says, you may be able to stand against the schemes of the enemy. For we do not wrestle against the flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full whole those are two words used here. Full armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Some places it says days of evil. And having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having girded in your waist with the truth, having put on the breastplates of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, 
with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, Verse 19, and for me, that the utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. This this 10 verses has so much of like a, a, a meaning, understanding, and answers to, to the prayers that we are going to be dealing with. And the thing is this, if we take these 10 verses, you can actually break it into five parts. The first part, Paul is saying, be strong in the Lord. Right? Then he's talking about putting on the full armor of God. And number three, he says, take your stand. Stand firm. Stand boldly. And then, number four, he's talking about being alert in this battlefield. And then the last thing that he's talking about, like a two, three verses towards the end, he's saying, keep praying. So those are like the five major breakdowns between the verses 10 and 20. So today I've just titled this as we cannot fight the spiritual battle with the carnal boxing gloves. This is, this is not something that we can win in our normal hands and gloves. Just like what Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 says, not by might nor by power but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So this morning, out of the five-part series that we're going to go through, today we're going to take the first part, which says, be strong in the Lord. In fact, it's talking about all these principalities and the rulers of darkness and the spiritual host of wickedness. If you take all those titles away, What Paul is saying is that it is a battlefield that we are in. We are in a hostile situation. We're getting beaten up every day. And even when we win, the next day he shows up to have another battle. Do you ever feel like that? That you are in a a constant war with this enemy. And so... In, 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 in this life, we will face a season of blessing. So many of us have, have just been in a place of blessing. Right? And there are going to be times or seasons where we are going to have heartbreaks and burnings and tribulations and trials where our nights will be long. I do not know what season that you're in this morning, 
But I'm here to encourage you that be strong and courageous. And that's what the message today is about. Today we're going to talk about Chester. If you are in a season of blessing, enjoy that season of blessing. Enjoy God's presence in, in this moment in time where you can, you can just like a walk around praising and preparing yourself. But if you're in the season of battle, I welcome you this morning to listen very carefully. I was talking to uh, a brother, a spiritual son of mine yesterday. We had a breakfast and he was saying, he was talking about his wife that just passed away. His wife was only 33 years old and he has a two-year-old baby girl. And he calls me dad. I'm his uh, spiritual father. And, and, and here is the background of his story. In March, he was told his wife has been diagnosed with cancer. And in September, she, she goes to be with the Lord. And he said to me something that just like alarmed me. Uh, it, it, the whole conversation while I was having with him, I was praying to God and asking God to say the right things to him because he is speaking from the deepest part of his sorrow. And I don't want to give a textbook answer to this guy. I don't want him to know that it's all going to be all right. I don't want him to give him, oh my God, we'll take care of it. I want to be very careful with every word that I say to him. So while he's talking to me, I'm still praying and asking God to put the right words in me. Here's what he said. He said, if my wife has died of an accident, I would have accepted it because it all happened very quickly. If my wife fell off from a boat and sunk into a water and died, I would have accepted it. But when I heard about this disease that she was carrying, I was on my knees praying the whole time. While I was praying for my wife, she was sinking into the water. And that slow motion of sinking took six months. And I was holding on to her hand when she passed away. And the water swallowed her right in front of my face. I mean, this is real. I'm not talking about like something that is just like out of anybody's life. We all go through this. I do not know what your sorrow is and what your downfall is or what your tribulation is, what you're going through. But I know every one of us go through a season where our nights get longer. And so this morning in this message, I'm asking God to unpack for us and not minimizing your hurdle and tribulation. I want to find an answer for me, but I'm also praying that during this time, this morning, as we go through, that you will take time to paint this picture 
of like what is going on in your you start in your memory, start to paint the picture of like what is going on in your life, and we will see how God plays into all of these things. I want you to know when life happens, God is not too far from you. It is easy to praise God when things are going well, but it is not when the going gets tough. So the first thing that I want to go after this message is this. We need to find that answer in the word that would strengthen us when we go through a tough time like this. I want you to go back to the first verse of this Ephesians chapter 6 that we've been starting to talk about. The first verse, which is the 10th verse, that we read this morning. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. If you have this morning, uh, if you are a, a note taker, I want you to sit back and relax and just not look at, cast your burdens for a moment. Don't think about what is going on in your life. Just like unload that for a moment, we can wait to worry about them. But take notes this morning because this is something that God is dealing with you and God is dealing with me. Right? He's not talking about doing this battle with our strength. Instead, use his strength and his might in the battlefield. Right? I want you to go back with me the first to Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 6. I'm going to read this morning from the, the book, the, 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 the first Samuel. If you have your Bible, turn with me to first Samuel. I'm going to read the New King James Version. This is about David's life. If I unpack this thing, David has been running from uh, from Saul, because Saul was uh, after him uh, and wanting to kill him, because he just heard the ladies sing. Saul killed thousand when David killed David killed ten thousand. It just like a bothered Saul, and Saul was chasing him, and David runs from one place to the other, and finally, he actually goes and serves the Philistine army itself. This is a bad choice that David has made. Ms. Sarah, maybe you want to put yourself on a mute, and that will help. And so here, what happens is this. David is in, in Philistine's camp. He's living in a place called Ziglag, and that's where the scene starts in First Samuel chapter 30. It says, now it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag, on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. So what happened is David and his friends went out for, for a hunt, probably for food or trying to get something for their families. When the families were in this vulnerable state of like not having any men in that place, that's when the enemy 
was attacking with fire. That's very common today in this country right now. With the 25 million households where the men is missing from scene. We have 24 million households in this country don't have fathers at home. And what happens? The enemy has a free access towards their children and their wives. And the, and, and the thing that he does is that's why we pray that the, the men, the fathers, will take the rightful roles in the families. And so the second verse says, and had taken captive. The enemy, when they come, they're going after who? The women and those who were there, from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city. So after two or three days, these men are coming back home, right? And there it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their children, their sons and daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no power to weep. And I strongly believe this. The very fact that we have ministries and churches, especially ministries like the Proverbs 2 to 6, the very fact that they thrive is because of the mothers and grandmothers who are crying and weeping and saying, God, I've done everything possible. There is nothing that I have left. My tears, uh, they just like uh, weep and weep until they have no more strength, right? And the fifth verse talks about even David's wife has been taken. And here's the verse, six. It says, now David was greatly distressed, naturally, right? For the people spoke of stoning him. First of all, these people that are trying to stone him for losing their wife, family, and children, while they are not realizing David himself also has lost. When problems start to come towards us, the bills that's coming towards us, and the, the marriage issues, or the children issues, or, or the business issues, or the work issues, they come not in single spice. If you haven't realized, they all come at the same time. The bills, like uh, the water bill, the medical bill, and the, and, the, and the electricity bill, everything comes at the same time when you are distressed, right? Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and daughters. And David strengthened himself in the Lord. We're going to stick on this place for a moment. David strengthened, or in other words, it says David encouraged himself in the Lord. The word, the root word that was used here is kazakh. A Hebrew word. We'll come to it in a minute. But look at it one more time. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Did you know who's the biggest preacher that you hear every single day? 
the biggest preacher that you trust every single day? It is you. We talk to ourselves all the time. Think about it. How many times that you have spoken to yourself every day? There was a study done. It says on an average, people spend 60% of their conversation talking to themselves. So I did a quick math. In 24 hours, 60% is 14 hours. 14 hours in a day you are actually speaking to yourself. That's an average time you spend 864 minutes that you take every day that you speak to yourself. In case, if you're using any of the social media platforms like a Facebook or a Twitter or Instagram, you actually spend 80% of your time speaking to yourself. That is about 19 hours out of 24 hours, you are speaking to yourself. In fact, the research also says that you actually speak not just like everybody else. You're speaking, when you're speaking to yourself, you're actually speaking close to 4,000 words per minute. In case you're wondering why you're spending so much time speaking to yourself is because you know the sentence that you're speaking to yourself. So when you start a sentence, you actually tell yourself, oh, I know, I know this sentence. So you finish halfway through the sentence, you start again to speak to yourself, right? And that's why when we go through trouble, when the trials hit us. When we speak to ourselves, we need to equip ourselves to speak the promises of God upon your life. When going gets tough, I know it is hard to go before God and pray. But you know what you should do and I should do is to write down the promises of God and stick it in a mirror or a place where we can see every single day. Don't worry about all the promises in the Bible. Write 10 of those promises. When you feel like you have done something wrong, and you feel ugly, and you want to know what God is doing to you, or God will do to you, read from John chapter 15, verses 3 and 4, where it says, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me. I also remain in you. Tell God at that moment in time, God, I want to remain in you. You will never offend God by your mistakes. If you have done, if you feel lost and not sure of your priorities, this is one of the common problems that we run into God, I have like a 10 things in my friend. I, I don't know which one I need to start to talk or do. Go to Matthew's chapter 6, verses 33. It says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. The answer for your problem is all 
written in the book. When you think it is impossible, when your situation looks impossible, read Luke chapter 18, 27, where Jesus himself has said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Jeremiah says, Oh Lord God, you've made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you. Jeremiah 32:17 says that. When Sarah and the, in Abraham's wife was doubting God whether she is going to have a baby at 90 years old, 90 years. She was 90 when she had her first son. And God said to her, is there anything too difficult for the Lord? Isaiah chapter 59 verses 1 says, Surely the arms of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ears too dull to hear. Isaiah 59 verse 1. There is a phone number. Jesus has a phone number. Miss Sarah this morning talked about her phones. Jesus has a phone number. Did you know Jesus has a phone number? And it's in Jeremiah 33.3. That is, that is Jesus' phone number. It says, call to me and I will answer. Jesus says that you may not get the answer from a friend you may not get an answer from your lawyer. You may not get an answer from the business partner. But when you call to me, I will answer and show you great and unsearchable things. My brothers and sisters, all I'm saying this morning is there are verses in the Bible that are spoken very clearly for you. Pick up a few of these verses that I'm telling you. Or if God speaks to you through other verses, go ahead and mark them in your Bible. Highlight them and come back to those things. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue which raises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord and the righteousness is from me, says the Lord. That's Isaiah 54, 17. Deuteronomy 28, 13 says, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them, God says you will not be the head. You will be the head and not the tail. Psalms 18, too, says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust my shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold. God is our stronghold. We've seen so many times the enemy can take a shot, but you know what? There is no shot or the weapon that he can have that pierce through the stronghold of our God. Psalms 27 says, Some trust in chariots, some 
in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord. Romans 8.37 says, it is, it, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Philippians chapter 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I actually like this uh, uh, Psalm 27. When you get a chance, I want you to go to Psalm 27 and read that entire psalm for yourself because that entire psalm is written with you in mind and with me in mind. The Lord says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength of my life. Of whom, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and the foes, they stumble and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Through Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. What am I saying this morning? There are verses written in the word is all written for you and me. In the Bible, God has promises. Go find your ten promises that you can write in a piece of paper. Bible has 7,487 promises where God gave it to a man or a woman. 7,487. 991 where it's talking about one, a man to another. 290 promises from God the Father. In total, Bible has 8,000 810 promises, and God has every intent to fulfill every one of them. He has never failed, and he will never fail. The creditworthiness of our God is so good that you can take it to a bank, and the bank will honor this. And I'm not saying this to just like a pump you up. I'm saying this as something that you can use as a tool every single day. Genesis 3.15 says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. God has been fulfilling every single promise that's been written. And when he died on the cross, he said, it's finished. When you call upon the words like of this, you are changing the trajectory of your environment. Your atmosphere changes. What is going through is not permanent because Jesus said on the cross, it's finished. This morning, I'm here to tell you, stop fighting for temporary victories. Jesus has already won the eternal victory and the cross. On the cross, he said, it's finished. When he says it's finished, it's finished. Yield your spirit to the Holy God, and he will take care of your problems. The second thing that I want to talk about this morning, when he says be strong, I said the root word for that is actually kazakh, right? There was a video that I just saw a couple of months ago. It was about 
a, a war, an ancient war cry, right? And in the middle of it, I heard this very same word, Kazakh. But it, there was like a little bit more to this. And so I started researching this word, Rock Kazakh, right? This is the same word David uses when he strengthened himself. David strengthened himself. Where the word strengthened is, the, the root word of that is Kazakh. But then when I was watching this video, I just felt that this word comes so frequently in the war, in the battlefield. When the general comes out in the morning, before the war gets started, they're drumming with their knife, they're drumming their shield with a knife, they're getting ready, and then the general comes out of his camp, his tent, and he gets on his horse, and he shouts, Rock Kazakh! Right? When, when they hear the roar of their general, there's thousands and thousands, like ants, these foot soldiers, they rush into the battlefield. They have this only one thing in their mind as they run. I'm going to tear down the face of this enemy. They run into the battlefield with the confidence that the victory is mine. Kazakh means get ready, be strong, build spiritually your jealousness for the Lord. And that's exactly what David did to himself. He said, I'm not going to let this enemy take over my, my children, my wife. I'm going to go after them, the soul. When his soul was sorrowful, he didn't stay there in that sorrowful mode. He just got himself out of that. And he said, rock Kazakh to his soul. We don't even know. When we are in the middle of the war, we are in that hostile moment in time. We need to pick ourselves because the battle that the enemy has put you and me through is against not just us, but against our children, against our marriages, against our businesses, against our workplace. You cannot let this enemy go free when he is after the things that you love. And the Bible actually adds one more word into this. And I just like to look back in the Bible. The same Kazakh comes several times in the Bible. And there was one place where something more gets added. It says Kazakh Amat in Joshua chapter 1 verses 9. It says, be strong and be of good courage. Amat. Along with Kazakh, God has put this word Amats. Amats means heavenly audacity. Rushing headlong and not thinking about the enemy without pausing to think about this impossibilities because I'm serving a God. I'm in God's army. I'm well equipped for this battle. Amats, another word for courageous. Never shaken, all believing. This morning, my hope and prayer is that don't let this enemy take over what is yours, what is rightfully yours. Don't let him take or touch 
anything that you own in this earth. When Moses was in his deathbed, he knew at this point in time that he's not going to go into the promised land. And so he calls Joshua to his room and he talks to him about what's going to happen next. When they get into the promised land, there is going to be battle. There are about 31 kingdoms that they need to go after when they go into the promised land. And Joshua tells him, Kazakh Amat, be strong and of good courage. The promised land for you and me is assured, but the Lord is looking for a warrior in you who will take down the enemy when the battle is real. Who has this Amat in the Bible? David. When he ran after Goliath, he had this amount, he had this courage, not thinking about the impossibilities when God is on his side. This is for my God. He cursed my king, and I'm not going to sit there and take it, live or die. I'm going to walk into this battle because my God shall supply my needs according to his riches and glory. He didn't see the size of the enemy nor the equipment that he was wearing, that Goliath was wearing. The only thing that he had in his mind is a mats. This guy spoke. This guy cursed my God. I'm not going to let him. Whether I live or die, I'm going to go after this. There was another place in the Bible. It talks about the same mats. In First Chronicles chapter 11, verses 22, it's talking about a man named Beniah. What about Beniah? Beniah was a soldier. He traveled with David all the time. And Beniah, one day, he was walking. Everybody talked about like a, the weather being little chill this morning. But Beniah was walking on one such morning in the forest, and it was snowing. It was wet and snowy. And all of a sudden, when he was walking, he just saw a lion starting to chase him. Do you know that even in a bad weather condition, the eyes of the lion has more power than you and me? They can see more clearly than the human eyes. Their 2020 is much more sharper than you and me. And so the lion's chasing him, and he's running, and the lion's coming behind him. He's running and running in that forest on the snowy, slippery day. But while they were running, there was a moment in time this lion slips through the snow and falls into a ditch, a hole. If you and I were in that situation, we would have said, praise God, this enemy was chasing me, and I finally was able to escape, and I would have run from there, but not Benaiah. Benaiah actually jumped into that pit, and he killed that lion on that day. Why was he doing it? He had this liquid ferocity. He had this agony in his mind 
that if I let this lion loose, just like how it was chasing me, it's going to chase somebody and kill. And he jumped into that pit and he killed that lion. This morning, God is expecting the same amount from you and me. We should have the courage. We should have the heavenly audacity to go after the enemy that is chasing us. We cannot sit back and watch the atrocities. We need to have a courage to be renewed. My prayer this morning is that God would put, pour upon you the amats, the heavenly audacity in your life to see that nothing is impossible and God is on my side. How well is your amats this morning? If your amat is not freshened up, my prayer this morning is that God will sharpen your courage this morning. Don't let this enemy take over what is rightfully yours. You need to have the tenacity to tear down the face of the Goliath that's bothering you. The enemy does not see you as a normal person. You know why you are already equipped with every single weapon that the enemy is scared of. You and I are redeemed of the Lord. You and I are purchased with a price. You and I are more than conquerors. You and I have the Lion of Judah going before us. And your victory is not determined by the strength of your enemy, but by the magnificence of the mighty God who goes before you in the battle. My prayer this morning is this, that Lord will speak over your life and my life in calling you and me, the warrior that he knows that he has put his cross on that ruggedness of his cross on the mountains of Golgotha will pour that blood that he was pouring upon for years and centuries will be poured upon your life and my life calling you and me to a fresh rock Kazakh march in your life and mine. You and I are not gummy bear Christians. You and I are not marshmallows. We have been tamed like that for years. This enemy that we have is not just like a fighting. Look back at your life and my life. Some of the things that you're fighting, you're not fighting fresh and new. He actually didn't begin with you. He, it is very generational. The enemy has been attacking your family for years. Are you going to sit down quietly so the enemy can continue to take over? No. This is a time we need to step up and say, rock. This is enough. I'm going in to take what is rightfully mine. Bible says if the enemy reminds you of the past, remind him of the future where he's going to be, where his days are numbered. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You and I have been living like a cupcake Christian where the enemy has been devouring. Bible says 
take up your stance. Proverbs 28.1 says, the righteous are bold as a lion. You and I are the righteous one the Bible is talking about. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but I'm here to encourage you that this battle is not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. And that's exactly what the 10th verse is saying. Be strong, not in your own strength, in his strength and in his might. And battle this enemy and bring him down because you have every weapon at your disposal. The Bible says, take a stand in the name of Jesus. Next couple of weeks, we're going to come back to this very topic. We're going to go back and see how Jesus fought this battle and how he won. The only person in the world that knows whether you win or lose, it's you. You are the son and the daughter of the Most High God, and you cannot let this enemy take over your children. You cannot let this enemy take over your family. You cannot let this enemy take over your business. You cannot let this enemy take over your work. You cannot let this enemy take over your health. You cannot let this enemy take over your peace. You cannot let this enemy take over what is rightfully yours. You have every right to take what is rightfully yours. This morning, if you forget everything that I said, remember these three words. Rock, Kazakh, Amats. This is the exact words that Moses told Joshua before he went into the promised land. And I know that revelations will come to the book of Revelation when it talks about the new heaven and new earth. We will absolutely be there. But know this, while you are in that, you are also a citizen of a different country. And your citizenship holds you much higher than what the enemy holds. This morning, before I go into a communion, I want to pray for every one of you and me. This morning, I want to pray that your strength be renewed, just like what David says in Samuel, 1 Samuel 30, verses 6. David strengthened himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. My prayer is that you would change the tone of your voice as you walk out of here. You will change the voice that you're speaking to yourself, that you would put take time to write down the promises of God and put it where it's visible. If you're going to work tomorrow morning, make sure you can see these verses. Tomorrow, this is very easy for us to get like an encouraged and strengthened when we are in the middle of a church kind of a setting. But we need to have this when we go back into the marketplace tomorrow that you still hold the rock, Kazakh, Amats in your life.
Father God, I pray for my brothers and sisters on this line this morning. That you are the same God who was and who is and who is to come. Father God, I pray one more time all the blessings, the promises that you've already given to us. Father God, we don't want to trust in chariots and horses, but Father, we will remember your name whenever, Father God, we are in the middle of our troubles and tribulations. Father, we want to run towards your name, your righteousness, and we want to be safe, O oh God. God, this morning I pray that you will strengthen our blood cells, Father God. You will energize our blood cells, over oh God, that whenever there is a, a, a problem that we are going to run into in the weeks and days to come, Father God, remind us that you are our, our rock, you are our fortress, you are our deliverer, you are our strength, you are our shield, you are the heart of our salvation, you are the stronghold, Father God. Father God, we pray this morning as one accord for all my brothers and sisters on this line, Father God, no weapon will form against us, will prosper. They will come in one way and go seven ways out of us. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters that their families will be blessed and their children will be blessed. Their children's children will be blessed for 16 generations from here that they will prosper and become the Benayas of this next generation, that our children will become Esther's of the next generation. Our children will become the David's of the next generation. Our children will become the Joshua of next generation. Our children will become the Moses of the next generation. Our children will become the weapon of warfare of the next generation, Father God. I speak blessings over my brothers and sisters on this line. God, you are the God who knows our yesterday, today, and forever. If there is anyone in this line that is going through a battle right now, I want you to remember that battle for a moment because I'm going to speak and prophesy over the battle that you are currently going on. I'm going to speak the prophecy from Psalms 27 that the Lord is the strength of your life. The Lord is the light and salvation. And your enemy that's causing you right now to stumble or fall. If there is a fear in your life, my God is going to erase it from your mind right now. The Bible says that the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. I'm going to let Miss Sarah come into this line and lead us in the communion. Amen. Lord Jesus, we bow before you in humility and ask you to examine our hearts today. Show us anything that is not pleasing to you. Reveal any secret pride, any unconfessed 
sin, rebellion, or unforgiveness that may be hindering our relationship with you. We know that we are your beloved children, having received you into our hearts and lives and having accepted your death as penalty for our sinfulness. The price you paid covers us for all time, and our desire is to live for you. As we take the bread representing your life that was broken for us, we remember and celebrate your faithfulness to us and to all who will receive you. Thank you for your extravagant love and unmerited favor. Thank you that your death gave us life, abundant life now and eternal life forever. We receive this bread in remembrance of you. And in the same way, we take this cup representing your blood poured out from a splintered cross. You are the supreme sacrifice for all of our sin, past, present, and future. Today, we remember and celebrate the precious gift of your life, the life you gave us through the blood you spill. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Pastor Cyril? The Bible says in John chapter 6, verses 54, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is a real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, I in them. This morning as we take this blood, this bread, Go ahead and take this bread. But as you take this, know that you and I are assured of one thing. That is eternal life. Amen. In the same way, as you take the drink, which is a remembrance of his blood, that his blood will become a manna for your life and become real in your life. Take this drink in remembrance of his blood. Father God, we lift your name this morning. Knowing that taking your bread, your body, and your blood Father God assures of only one thing, one and only thing, that our life in eternity is assured, that we become one with you, Father God, that you would wipe away every tear that flows from our eyes, not only in the future, but even today, Father God. The Bible says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father God, let you hold done in, in this life, giving us, Father God, what we need for today. We surrender ourselves this morning into your mighty hands. God, you take the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Hope this uh, message today morning has been a, a blessing for you. We'll come back and we will have... Uh,
the next four or five weeks talk about what God wants to speak to us about this battle. What we heard today is just a preparation. We're going to see the how we're going to battle this. This is just like a preparing us for the days and years to come. May God bless you richly on this beautiful Sunday morning. Amen. amen and amen. 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 Have a great day, everyone.